0: You're listening to Law and Disorder with Pine County Attorney, Reese Fredrickson, on the WCMP On Demand. What's up, Reese Fredrickson? How are you doing today?
1: Oh, uh, wonderful. As we were kind of discussing, it was, it's a tropical day here in Minnesota. It, it, it,
0: it sure is, my friend. You know, normally I'm in Hawaii around this time, so I was just so glad I decided to stay back this year, you know, and really enjoy the tropical weather we get, you know. Sometimes I take it for granted, you know, this 30, 33 degrees, you know, that right above freezing. I take it for granted, you know, and now I'm just out there enjoying I, Yesterday I went for a little swim in the lake, you know. Oh, good there's for only, you. There's only three feet of ice on Chisago, so it's pretty, it's not too, too bad, you know it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of cutting, but eventually, uh, you get in there. Uh what's new with you? Anything?
1: You know, same old, same old. Just uh, uh, meeting out justice uh, here in Pine County. So it's,
0: yeah, uh, uh, it's uh, you guys still mostly Zoom for a lot of stuff, or have you gotten a little bit more in person, or a little bit of both? Uh, for
1: now, we're mostly mostly Zoom. Mm-hmm. However, uh, March fifteenth, the order's lifted on jury trial. so we are looking at starting jury trials again. Uh, we have, uh, I think, a list of about 88 cases that are on the docket. Usually we have, you know, 20 to 30, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot for a small office. So we're juggling between a couple of courtrooms this morning, trying to get some of those settled and, and get those set for a jury trial. So uh, people might be coming in next month for juries already.
0: Do you guys think you'll have a tough time finding juries? Because I'm guessing a lot of people can probably use medical reasoning as out getting out of their uh, jury duty.
1: Right, you know that is a definite concern. Um, I, I suppose you know there are people that are, are concerned about, of course, the pandemic and mm-hmm. such. I know that uh, the court administration and their staff has taken a lot of measures to, of course, have social distancing to spread people out. I, I don't think people are even going to be in the jury box, but kind of spread out through the courtroom. Um, of course, people are wearing masks and they're doing everything possible to keep uh, people safe. But I, I can imagine though if, um, especially if you're in that high risk group, you're concerned or you're, you're a caretaker for somebody that's a high risk. Um, so like I said, these, uh, we do our best to uh, get our cases settled. and um, But of course, uh, they're just cases that come down the wire and you've got to try them.
0: Yep. So we'll, uh, we'll be hearing I'm sure about a lot of cases here later on this year. Uh, was there one case you wanted to talk about today?
1: there is yes um and you know, and this is I mentioned earlier too this is probably the first time i don't know if i've been on this radio show about four or five years now but uh i think this is the first time we've had uh, i profiling a, a person for the second time
0: making so, the rounds back around that uh of course either makes me feel uh really old or means that this person's probably committing uh too many crimes one of the two
1: well i, I think both is true both, okay I'm, i am <laughs> getting old fair
0: enough
1: <laughs> But so this individual, his name is Kyle Christian Curry. He's 30 years old. And um, this happened on Friday that he was sentenced. He was sentenced to prison. And uh, they're on two cases actually. So the first case that I'll, I'll go through is a first degree drug case. First degree drug cases are the most severe in Minnesota. Um, it goes through first through fifth. Fifth is the the least level. It's either a felony or a gross misdemeanor at the fifth. but. When you get up to first-degree territory, that's usually an automatic commit to prison. Um, those, are, those are the sales or the high-level possession cases. Um, obviously, these people are drug dealers. So this case begins on August 21st of 2019, and the East Central Drug and Violent Offender Task Force and the Pine County Sheriff's Office executed a warrant at an address on Duxbury Road, which is east of Sandstone. Uh, it's a residence right on Duxbury Road. And when I say it begins with a search warrant, um, that's you know a little bit of an oversimplification. Obviously, to get to the point that you get a search warrant, there's months or even years of investigation behind that. Uh, of course, in America, we have this thing called due process, and you've got to go through that um, before you can actually uh, go into the sanctity of somebody's home. Uh, that's, the United States recognizes the residence as probably the highest form of privacy, and so a lot of hurdles you've got to jump through, and probably cause to get inside that home. So, contrary to what you see on TV, you you just don't. Yeah,
0: they just call them and get one in the middle of the night all the time on TV, though.
1: Right? Yeah. With uh, and you know, uh, I love it on TV where they say, "Do you know a friendly judge?" Yeah, we know one, and so we'll just go in and say, "Hey, judge, can we go look at somebody's house and?" Sure, here's, here's your search warrant. And.
0: Well, Reese has been working eight years to get this one, you know. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. So, yeah, reality is different. I, I know that. Um, I, I think most people understand that. The ones that don't are usually the ones that comment on Facebook. but
0: you know. <laughs> There's a lot of for some reason. <laughs> the, I, I don't get that, but okay. They
1: always are. So, there's always a lot of stuff going on and a lot of cases going on at once. You know, they don't do one case at a time, by the way. So, they uh, execute this search warrant. Um, obviously, this has been a uh, drug house, uh, suspected drug dealing. And as they're out there executing the search warrant on this home, uh, Kyle Curry pulls up in a vehicle. So, he just happens to show up at th- the right time, apparently. And, uh, of course, he's taken out of his vehicle and detained. And they find um, $15,000 in cash on in his pocket, Obviously, which is uh, a bit suspicious for somebody who hasn't been. I'm in in the
0: wrong business,
1: right? And yeah, and he hasn't actually been employed for about three years, so yeah.
0: Working on a farm, maybe you know? I don't. Yeah, cash jobs.
1: Well, yeah, I think he's uh, working in sales. um, as we'll discuss here, and also in the car, they find a bunch of cocaine, a bunch of heroin. Mm -hmm. So, they go into the residence, and um, they go into Mr. Curry's bedroom, and there's a safe in the bedroom, and inside the safe, they find 26.3 grams of heroin. And, How do you get
0: inside the safe?
1: You know, I don't know. That's a good question. If it was open or if they had a locksmith come come oh, break it. Okay. Um It'd be cool if I could come here and say it was dynamite, you know, like yeah, they blew the safe. That would be awesome. Or if somebody
0: but, cracked it, I just thought you were... Like somebody put their ear up to it and just did something. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Maybe, it was one, maybe it wasn't as cool as a safe as I'm thinking of either. Maybe it's just one of those fireproof boxes type of things. Safes have different definitions, you know. Some of those you yeah. can just drop on the corner and they'll probably break open. And then some other ones you got to like, you know, probably get a professional in there. But
1: No, that's true. You know, and um, yeah, I, had, I have one of those fire boxes and I lost the key and... YouTube showed me how to open it with, uh, yeah, right. It's such a great thing. (laughs) It's just awesome. (laughs) Uh, so of course they find all this heroin, uh, which is a lot of heroin, um, and a bunch of fentanyl patches. And along with that, we have items indicating that's a sale operation, including the digital scale snort tubes, cutting plates, plastic baggies. And all that is uh, evidence of um, drug sales. And then, of course, they go in the closet, and they find 8.4 grams of cocaine. And they sit down to Mr. Curry and and say, hey, do you want to give a statement? And Mr. Curry admits that, yeah, I I sell heroin and cocaine out of the residence. Um, I know you found 26.3 grams, but I started with 100 grams of heroin and uh, just sold to people going in and out of the house. Started with 28 grams of cocaine and had been selling out of that, too. So he ended up pleading guilty to possessing 25 more grams of heroin, which is, uh, again, a first degree. That's the, the highest you can get in the state.
0: Why would, why would he admit to that other stuff when it wasn't there? You know, I They're don't. You're just trying to be honest, just trying to be helpful? Sometimes when you get caught, well, there's really no point in keeping living a lie, I guess. You can just come clean. I mean, yeah. you're, you're going to get something anyway, so you might as well be as helpful as possible, I guess. I, I think
1: there's always a variety of motivations mm-hmm. for that. Or is he
0: just trying to brag that he moved three fourths of his product? I mean, you know, it, it could that's be. That's a solid amount. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, everybody's different. Before uh,
0: you got off your lazy seat and right. you know got out there, he already sold three fourths by then. You know.
1: Yeah, it, it's amazing what people admit to. I mean, yeah. and there's so many reasons. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, obviously, you've probably heard defense attorneys say, "If you're um, detained, don't say a word to law enforcement." That's you know, that's actually solid advice in, in most cases. No, and, it's
0: not. No, no, you're not. Well, supposed, no, Reese.
1: Oh, well, I'm an honest guy. But, you know. I know, but they don't
0: need to know that. I suppose nobody, nobody listened to this show. is. Uh, no, that's true. Felon, I guess. No, I, I Well, don't, I mean, I, it could be a felon. I'm just saying, like, they're not actively committing felonies, you know?
1: Right. No, I'm not worried about the, our listeners. Yeah. But, you know, but it's advice that, that's always given. And it's never followed. And for a variety of reasons, uh, this person might have uh, admitted just to try to um, curry some favor there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, his name's curry too. But um, sometimes, you know, they think that's going to help them with their cases. Maybe the, it's an indication that they're willing to work as an informant or something to try to um, do that. And sometimes, like you said, it's just uh, they're bragging about it or maybe they're trying to take the fall for somebody else. It's their uh, uh, list could go on and mm-hmm. on, but it's amazing how many people do talk. So, um, he had another case too and this one happened about a month or so later where he uh mr curry was driving through the city of hinckley um he's got a revoked license a county um sheriff's office deputy was on patrol in hinckley and saw this maroon buick being driven by mr curry obviously in these uh, small areas we law enforcement knows who has a license and doesn't mm-hmm. by sight usually and obviously right away recognized that, yeah, it's Kyle Curry. I know he doesn't have a license. They ran his plates, ran his license, confirmed that it was revoked. Um, can confer- you
0: pull somebody over on the sheer fact that you know they don't have a license or did they need that by running the plates and stuff like that? Well, or you sh- mean, a Sheriff, this question. No, I
1: mean, it's a great question. Um, so, a couple parts. First, you can pull somebody over if uh, you know that they have a, say, a revoked license. Mm-hmm. But to be safe, you always want that confirmation. So what they'll do is, um, okay, I see Kyle Curry. I know he's got a revoked license. They'll call dispatch and dispatch will confirm it for them. So there's always a confirmation before they pull somebody mm-hmm. over. Okay. Um, not necessarily always on the registration because a lot of people don't drive the vehicles that they're registered, <laughs> registered to. to yeah. yeah. In this case, uh, he was actually driving a vehicle that was registered to him. So we had double confirmation, but but Minnesota law says, yep, you can pull somebody over if you have visual that that person is um, got a revoked or suspended license, and so you don't need any uh, traffic violations beyond that. Which in itself, it's a traffic violation, but you know they don't need to be speeding or something like that before you do that. So he got that confirmation, and uh, the deputy turns around to go find him and pull him over, and as. Uh, uh Mr. Curry is driving through Hinkley. He's on Lawler Avenue. He approaches um, Highway 61 and sees the deputy coming at him, uh hits his brakes and then pulls the car into reverse, squeals the tires and and does kind of one of those moves where he flips the car around, and heads the other direction. I don't know if you uh
0: I I there's a cop term for it cuz I think it's it's actually like it's a police stop, I think. Uh What's it called? I, mean, I We went through it. It was like it's just a 180 turnaround type of thing, but uh,
1: yeah. But and I I don't know off the top of my head. There's I mean,
0: a, there's a word for it. There's a word for it. I'm sure I'll 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 come with up with it as you go along.
1: Yeah, I mean to me, it's he he did a smoking the Bandit type situation. Mm-hmm. That's that's what popped in my head. But there's probably a <laughs> a technical term for that. So you know he heads the other way, and you know of course a chase ensues, and he's going high speed through uh, Hinkley neighborhoods. And at one point, the deputy actually loses sight of uh, Mr. Curry, doesn't know which way he's gone. And I, I love this part because this is when uh, residents start walking out of their homes and flagging the deputy and kind of pointing south and going, hey, <laughs> the guy went that way. And obviously, people don't want uh, this person running through their neighborhoods at a high speed. And so, um, these helpful citizens uh, allow the deputy to get, kind of get back on the trail And then as he's driving again through Hinkley, there are a bunch of people outside the the grocery store there who are flagging the deputy down and say, pointing at the parking lot. And deputy goes in the parking lot and shirt off the cars parked there, but uh, the occupants are gone. So Curry was driving, there was a passenger and um, the people that were outside said, Hey, we, we saw him park. They took off running. They got out and started running. And so, uh, deputy gets back in his vehicle and starts driving around looking for t- foot traffic. And he finds uh, a person that he recognizes as a passenger who's walking. <laughs> Pulls up to the passenger. The passenger right away says, You know, I'm not, I wasn't driving the car. I was just in the car. I was a passenger. It was, you know, Mr. Curry was driving the car. And so, nice friend. But yeah, I gave him, uh, we gave him that added detail of an eyewitness. And, um, other people uh, could testify to what Curry looked like. And when they went inside the car and looked at it, it was all uh, Kyle Curry's information and, you know, mail and all that stuff belonging to him. So they didn't actually end up catching him that day, uh, issued a warrant for him, got him later on it. And he ended up pleading guilty to that case as well. Um, and so I was sentenced on that on Friday. So, grand total, uh, Mr. Curry's got four prior felony drug convictions and uh, one of those convictions, of course, was for a second-degree drugs, which is the second worst you can get that involved again, drug sales. Uh, this is somebody who's been a drug dealer for many years, um, had been uh, dealing drugs before I even started here as county attorney, and this is somebody that really needed to get off the streets because he uh, been harming a lot of people in the county. Um, so he got, for the first-degree drugs, he got 105 months in prison, which is the presumptive sentence for Um, first-degree drugs, and then for fleeing in a motor vehicle, 17 months in prison, Uh, that sentence is concurrent to the drugs, which means save serves them at the same time. It doesn't add to a Mm -hmm. sentence. And um, just a little point of law, Uh, people, especially the media, loves doing this. They love to take out all the months you can get and add them together. Minnesota law actually presumes that sentences are cons- concurrent, so it's pretty rare that con- sentences are consecutive, and they have to be for some pretty serious things, like of course, uh, sex cases and murder cases and things like that. Then you can get concurrent, consecutive sentencing, but most time it, it is concurrent. Um, so I
0: feel like that overall, uh, when you ever you get into a hundred months, it's getting close to ten years. So that's right. that's a pretty strong amount of time. I feel like that seems pr- relatively fair in this case. So, you I guess adding 17 months probably wasn't, I mean, you're probably going to either change in that nine years or you're not. Sometimes that extra year is probably not going to change a lot of things. So,
1: you know, that, that is correct. And uh, like you said, I I think this was a fair sentence. I think Mm -hmm. justice was done here. Uh, Kind of a nice quick conclusion to this is that uh, that home on Duxbury road, uh, there were four individuals living there and we had a lot of complaints about drug traffic, and you know these drug dealers do, do destroy our neighborhoods and such. And of course, all the neighbors are complaining; it's constant traffic, twenty four seven. People know what's going on there. And um, once we charged the individuals in that house, I was able to use a provision in the law that allows the county attorney to take over the eviction rights of a, of a residence. And because they were tenants in this residence, and we were able to evict all of them out of the house. Uh, the, it was actually owned by a uh, or managed by a corporation in Minneapolis mm. um, because it was part of this giant estate. It's like a yeah. thousand acre ranch. It had like a little one off house that they're renting. You know, I called these people up in some skyscraper and told them that they were kind of the drug central in Pine County, and they were horrified. And of course, gave me all the eviction rights and took it over, got them out. They put the house on the market, and so hopefully some new private ownership that takes care of the place and makes the neighborhood a better better spot. So I I think it was a win all the way around.
0: Sounds great. And that's uh, the importance maybe of a local ownership. I would say you know things a little bit better what's going on in your property. Uh, Reese, thank you so much for stopping on by. I appreciate it. We'll probably talk to you next month. I look forward to it. Thank you again. You have been listening to a WCMP production.